Welcome to Development's Entrepreneurial Lit Series Podcast. My name is Ade Takumba Oludare Thompson. You can say that 10 times fast. Entrepreneur, developer, and director of community involvement at Development. Development is a global 501c3 tax-exempt nonprofit organization that addresses the lack of black generational wealth through culturally specific entrepreneurial and financial education that empowers black college students to overcome socioeconomic barriers and build generational wealth. To learn more about development, check us out at www. Development.org and follow us on Instagram at D I F F V E L O P M E N T. The goal of the series is to give you, the listener, the opportunity to gain insight into important business best practices and inspiring entrepreneurial journeys that inherently educate on the unique ways in which startups get started and the incredible level of grit successful business ownership requires. Before I tell you about our featured speaker, I would like to thank our official Entrepreneurial Lit Series sponsor, Kearney Bank Foundation. Thank you guys. Please know, the content you hear on this podcast whether as a live audience member or a listener through any audio, audiovisual, or other platform, is for informational purposes only and may not be considered and has no intention of being considered legal, tax, accounting, investment, or other advice on which you or anyone else may rely. Please note that the opinions of the featured guest and any other speaker are not and do not represent the opinions of development or any of his directors, officers, employees, or affiliates. Now for our phenomenal Haitian speaker, Edward John Louis. Not only is Edward co-founder of Tell Ventures, which he'll tell you more about shortly, Edward is also a committed Dream Inc. and development volunteer. Edward has a BA in economics from UMass Amherst and an MBA from UCLA Anderson School of Management. We are thrilled to have Edward during Haitian Heritage Month, which is a celebration of Haitian heritage and culture. The Haitian Heritage Month celebration is an expansion of the Haitian Flag Day, a major patriotic day celebration in Haiti and the diaspora. Haitian Flag Day was created to commemorate the creation of the Haitian flag on May 18th to encourage the development of patriotic sentiments among Haitian youth. Haiti is a special country to our community because it is the only state in history established by a successful slave revolt. Without further ado, let us welcome Edward Jean-Louis. Perfect. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Dare. First of all, appreciate the introduction, the kind words. Um, the bar has been set very, very high. Uh, so I, I, I appreciate it and hopefully I can live up to it. And to Pete and Essie, uh, they, 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 this is something they have not shared. Um, no matter what or how they feel, they can't get rid of me. They, they stuck, they're stuck with me forever. So I, I may be an esteemed uh, 
speaker for today, but uh, they have no choice. I'm I'm with them for forever. So pleasure to be here. Peace to everybody out here. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm I'm happy to talk to y'all today. Looking forward to it. Okay, okay. Well, welcome, Edward. And and you're in in L.A. right now, right? So you're in L.A. Yeah, yeah, we're in sunny Los Angeles right now. West side. It's it's hot here, too. It's a little hot out here, too. It's hot. It's hot, boy. I'm sweating. <laughs> uh, let's, okay? All right. Before I get into my questions, I got some deep questions for you. Real let's deep. Do it. Let's do it. Because we got we to gotta educate our people about venture capitalism. But before I even get, get venture capitalism, capital, I mean, venture capitalist, capitalism, same difference. Same, right. <laughs> what is one of the things? Uh, yeah. So, so, as a as an individual, do you like long walks in the park, or do you like nature walks? Nature walks. I'll do nature walks. You're a nature walk guy. Okay, okay. You take a lot. You take your wifey to nature walks a lot. Depends. Depends how she's feeling. If if she's okay. up for it, she'll come. If not, uh, I do okay. a loop, and it's a pretty long loop. So sometimes she's like, "Yeah, I don't want to go with you." <laughs> mm, interesting. She's like, I ain't coming with you. Oh, you walking six uh, miles? I'm not coming with you. Good, good luck. <laughs> so, <it depends. laughs> if you don't, if you don't mind me asking, how long have you been married? Nah, of course. Uh, I'm an open book. Uh, and I also throw this out too to everybody. I know you were gonna say this, but this is open ended. So, if y'all have a question, please throw it in there. This is for not only for y'all, but I'm hoping that I learn from something from this as well. And that's 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 the that's the goal, right? The goal is to come break bread. Uh, and share information, oh. uh, and that's the only way we're going to take this thing where we want it to go. Um, oh no, totally understand. But uh, yeah, we've been married eight years. Eight years coming up in July. July fourteenth. Wow. Yeah, that is beautiful. Still that alive, beautiful. man. Still alive. Still that here to talk beautiful. about it. So it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. <laughs> well, okay. So now, tell me about Tell Ventures. What is it? And why did you co-found Tell Ventures? Yeah, I, I wish I had like this super inspiring, profound like story as that like how we got to this place of like let's start this fund. Um, but essentially, Tail Venture Partners is a venture capital firm, right? Um, and let's let's break that down. So first of all, like what's venture capital? Um, Venture capital is a very fancy way, right? Like, so you have public equity, uh, which is just stocks, um, publicly traded companies that you can buy on a publicly uh, uh, through an investment platform, right? Like, so the stock is traded on a uh, publicly uh, public ex- uh, trading exchange. Um, then you have private equity. Private equity is essentially very simplified. Uh, some might say crude. Uh, description of this, but this is just private companies. So any company that's not a public company uh, would be classified as obviously a private company, but also um, private equity. So within private equity, you have a couple of different stages, right? Like you have really, really early stage. Uh, and when I say early, I mean like I have an idea <laughs> early, like nothing else. I have an idea. And then so what, what are Quick question. I'm sorry. What are these people doing though? They're they're investing at an early. Are they uh, just so 
Yeah, yeah. So, so a venture capitalist is somebody who uh, is investing in high growth um, technology, either driven or enabled. And when I say enabled, right, um, that could be a wash, uh, um, a laundromat that has an app. Like Uber is tech enabled, right? Like Uber is not a tech company per se, right? Like their product isn't a tech application. It's not a software application. It's not Zoom. It's not Snapchat. It's it's a platform that connects cars or drivers to people that have somewhere to go, right? And so it's more tech enabled more than anything. There's a software platform and there's a marketplace, but really without the drivers and without the riders, you don't have anything. You have tech, right? Um, whereas with Snapchat, um, technically, I guess you could say the same thing as you don't have content creators and users. You don't have anything but a platform, but it, it's, a, it's a bit different, right? So these are people who are trying to invest in high growth, te- typically technologically driven or enabled companies. Um, and, and I emphasize the tech part and the high growth part because those are really the two separators between traditional venture capital and what you might see in terms of like private equity investment, right? Uh, and so you, you have venture capital, which is really, really early anywhere from an idea up to initial public offering. And then you have private equity, which can be uh, typically a private equity investment in traditional private equity, I should say, is a a company has some revenue all the way up until they're a publicly traded company. Uh, And so it kind of runs the gamut. But I wanted to make that delineation because we operate closer to the idea stage, right? Like we don't, typically invest when somebody only has an idea, but we'll typically start talking to companies when they um, have a prototype um, all the way up until when they have hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue. So you're essentially pulling in money for ideas, right? Yeah, essentially, essentially. Essentially the way it works is the venture capitalist will go out. Typically most people do not have their own money, right? So unless you're... um, Michael Dell, the founder uh, and CEO of Dell, right? He has something called Dell Capital uh, or MSD, apologies, which is his family office, but they invest in venture capital, right? And that's his own personal capital. Most most of the time, 95%, right, of people, uh, and this is a ballpark. I don't have the exact figure, but I'd say the vast majority of people have to go raise money from other people. So they're raising money from other people um, so that they can invest in these high growth startups, right? And usually they'll bring a few different things. You'll either bring uh, operational expertise. So usually it's somebody who, or it's a group of people that start, the, I'm talking about the folks that started the, the venture capital fund. So um, they'll either bring operational expertise. So they either ran companies or ran divisions within companies and developed operational expertise that they can help map to the startup and help the founder and the team figure out hey, here's the pitfalls that you should avoid. Um, they either bring technical expertise. So if there's a technical, um, a technical uh, application for something that's really, really niche or specific, um, then you'll see people go for funds that uh, have a specific expertise in a specific field, right? So think quantum computing. A lot of people who start quantum computing startups are looking for folks that have maybe PhDs as background because they have the technical 
know-how and can probably help with product development, right? And then you have folks that have financial strategy, expertise, and then you have people who are purely capital, right? Like maybe somebody's like, hey, I know how to do everything. I don't really need help, but what we do need are dollars. And really what venture capital is, is it's, it's rocket fuel, right? So if you have a high growth uh, idea, uh, venture capital is supposed to supercharge it, right? So instead of maybe it taking 20 million, uh, 20 years for you to get to a hundred million dollars in sales or revenue, uh, with venture capital, it might take you five to 10, right? Typically the investment horizon is five to 10 years. And then they expect, and we expect to see some sort of exit so that we can, um, return the investment money that we got from folks that invested in the fund, um, so that we can go out and do it again, essentially. So. Let me get this straight. Let's say, let me, let me, let me just say, if I'm a small business owner, right, and I have great ideas, which I do like all the time, um, <laughs> within technology, uh-huh. gaming, or a clothing brand, and I emphasize clothing brand. I'm just kidding. Um, clothing <laughs> brand industry. Yeah. Should I seek? Should I seek a venture capital? Um, and so it depends. I'll say it depends. And the reason I say it depends, um, I'm trying to think of a specific, uh, apparel brand, a brand that took venture capital. So you have the maker of Spanx, right? I, I don't know if you'd classify that as apparel. Um, but like, let's say the, 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 the maker of Spanx, right? I don't believe she took, I'm almost certain she didn't take venture capital. Right. But then you have the makers of Allbirds, which are sneakers that are supposed to be like sustainable, right? There's no technology involved, really, right? Like, to my understanding, it's 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 really how they're sourcing the material, and the fact that it's eco-friendly, right? They're both apparel companies. What really matters is, all right, what's your market size, right? Like, so as an investor, the first few things that I'm thinking about when I first contemplate an investment, right? Like if somebody comes to me and says, yo, Ed, I got a really great idea. You don't want to miss this. Like you should, you, you guys need to put your money here, right? The first thing I'm, 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 I'm assessing when I meet somebody is, all right, how did this person get to this point, right? Like how did this person say, how did the person take this leap of faith to say, hey, whatever I was doing before um, is not as good enough, is, is not as good as what, uh, could potentially be if this works out the way I think it's going to work out, right? And then I'm assessing why does that person think they can do that, right? And it doesn't mean that they need to be, like, if you're starting a, um, let's say you're starting a apparel brand, right? Like, you didn't need, you don't need to work at Coach or you don't need to work at LVMH. Uh, like, you don't need to work at a previous apparel brand, right? But one thing I'm looking for is domain expertise. So I'm trying to figure out, like, why, why do you think you can do this, right? And it's not a condescending way. I'm just more so trying to map in my mind, like, can this person actually do what they're saying they can do, right? The next thing I'm looking at is the opportunity. So, if, for instance, we invest in a company where they make modular, portable, uh, ultra-fast electric vehicle uh, chargers, right? The founder, his expertise came from academia, actually, right? Like, he didn't work in another uh, electric charging startup. Um, he didn't work in another car manufacturer. He didn't work anywhere within that space of renewable energy. Really where the expertise came from was uh, academia, where he took a class, was exposed to this problem, and then 
did a ton of research, became an expert on this, and then realized where his deficiencies were, right? So he's not an engineer. Um, his background is more in kind of data uh, analytics, right? So if you're building something that's pretty technical, you're going to need technical expertise. And then I'm going to need to understand how do you plan to get this in the hands of the people that need this, right? Um, and then that, that kind of leads to the next thing I look at the hands of the people that need this. Do people need this, <laughs> right? Um, I, I want to say it was 2018 or maybe it was 2019 um, where you were starting to see a bunch of scooter or uh, micro mobility companies as they like to call them were popping up, right? But after Lime, after uh, Jump, uh, like there were like five companies and then I saw like three or four more companies. Like why does the world need another scooter company, right? And so that's one of the things that you got to, kind of think about right like is like one evaluating the team two what's the market opportunity like how big is the market but also like who are the other people within the market and then the other thing I'm thinking about is like traction right so I don't necessarily need to see so, some people have requirements where it's like yeah we need to see fifty thousand dollars in monthly recurring revenue so every single month you need to be doing fifty thousand dollars before before they're even looking at your startup we, we don't have those hard and fast kind of rules uh, because to be perfectly honest with you, I, I think that's kind of how you get exclusionary. And, and I understand to a certain extent, like why there's a parameter, because one, you want to be able to like funnel and narrow your focus on ideas that you want to look at. But uh, to a certain degree, it it, it inhibits uh, groups of people from participating in the ecosystem that we're talking about. And so for us, we don't like to have an income limit or, or not an income limit, a sales kind of metric that we need to see before we'll look at something, but we need to see some sort of traction um, because really what we're trying to identify is, all right, you have a, you found a problem. You think you have a really good solution for the problem. Now the, not the final piece, but one of the final pieces that we want to see is do people actually want what you're selling? Right. And so that comes in the form of traction and one really rudimentary way of seeing that is sales but there are other ways to do it, right? Like you can do beta testing where you can say, hey, we'll put 2,000 people onto our platform. We'll get feedback from them. We'll find out their engagement is. We'll find out um, how many people are they referring to the platform. Um, like there's, there's, there's other different ways to get traction. And really what we're trying to figure out is like, how resilient is this team? Does this team hustle? Um, and at the first sign of adversity is, is are they going to fold or are they going to, continue going forward because to be perfectly honest with you but being an entrepreneur is a very hard task and it's you want to make sure that the people that are uh, that you're backing understand it and know that this there's a lot of um there's a lot of hype around like starting companies now and so it's not all glamorous man for the most part it's five years of hell and then at year six <laughs> you finally got some breakthrough and then at year seven everybody thinks you're an overnight success but you've been grinding for the last eight years right I'm saying wow. year seven, but year seven is really probably seven years after somebody put an outside dollar into your business, right? Wow. And so are you really, are you really gonna, uh, are you really serious about the journey is, is what I'm really trying to assess. And if you are, great. If not, um, nobody here on this call would give somebody who's not serious about what they're doing money <laughs> uh, because you're not getting your money back, right? And the way it trickles down is if I don't get any money back, uh, the people that are giving us money aren't giving us money the second time around, which means that the people coming probably aren't going to get money from us. Right. 
in, in let, let me st- let, let, let me stop let me stop you right there, brother. And I apologize. I'm very long winded. So no, 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 no. But it, it's a wealth of information. So much wealth. I'm like, where was this brother when I was in college? Like, what you say? Geez, I, I didn't care. I didn't hear the last. I was like, I was like, where were you when I was in college? <laughs> you know. But look at this. Everybody that's on SEMP have him speaking to kids today. Yep. Today. 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 He's he's speaking with college students today. Now, with that wealth of information, you can now only imagine the possible things that African American black students will be able to do. I'm just pointing it out there. So therefore, if any of those kids start creating ideas, please put me off. SEC, <laughs> I'm not joking. All right, okay. In your opinion, mm-hmm. what what is the biggest challenge black people face when it comes to acquiring venture capital? Oh man, I, this this is this is a this is a tough question, right? Because I, I have some I have some views. I'm an open book. I'm going to just share my, my opinion. And I apologize, Pete and Essie, um, up front. Um, I think there's a couple things, right? Uh, and we're in a weird place because of where we are. And when I say we, um, it's kind of where we sit is what I mean, right? Like the firm, right? So the firm is two, two Black men, right? It's me and my partner, Michael, who's a Black man, right? Um, so we kind of see it from a couple different angles. So the biggest challenge, I think, personally, and this is self-serving, but I do think it's the biggest problem. The biggest problem is uh, the capital sources, right? I think um, could be off on the figures. The, the figures might be dated, but less than two percent of, of black, uh, less than two percent of all venture capital goes to black people. Let me say that again: two percent. Less than two percent of all capital goes to black people or black. So black like one point eight percent, right? Something like that. And, and 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 when I say that, right, it's it's not, it's not a founding team of two black people or the whole founding. It's it's not an all black founding team, right? In that number are teams where one person may be uh, an Asian woman, she may be a Japanese woman, and the founder might be a black male. Right, or it might be a white male and a black male, right, or a black woman, right? It's 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 not all black founding teams. So even on founding teams where there's at least one black person, those companies with at least one black founder got less than two percent of venture capital. A hundred and twenty, around a hundred and twenty billion dollars was invested in venture capital last year. Less than two percent went to went to people that look like me, and you, right? So from my vantage point, like that's the, that's the biggest issue, right? And part of the problem is the people who are making the investments, right? And, and the problem is from a couple of different standpoints. It's, um, I think it's a network thing, right? So one, one thing for sure is the, uh, there's a study that's out there and I'm blanking on the name of the st- study, but the person who put the, the study together is a black man, man by the name of uh, Richard Kirby. He actually just started his own venture fund. He used to be at a firm called Venrock. Uh, I'm blanking on, I think his, his new fund is called Equal. I think it's called Equal Ventures. 
Um, but he put out a study uh, where he was quantifying basically where the dollars were going. Um, and if you look at the folks who have started venture capital uh, funds and who are deploying these dollars, the majority of them are white male, but the majority of them are coming from <laughs> a handful of schools and predominantly coming from Harvard and Stanford, right? So you have this kind of, it's not mono, right? Because it's, there's more than one, but you, you almost got this monolithic kind of viewpoint and this monolithic base of people who control the vast majority of this 120 and they're putting it to work in companies where the only way you can get a meeting with this person is if somebody they know introduces you to them. Now think about this. Think, think about how incestuous this is. The only way you can get a meeting, not even an investment, a meeting with somebody <laughs> in Silicon Valley is if somebody they know and somebody they trust knows and trusts you and says, hey, you know what? Let me make this introduction for you, right? Um, and obviously, right? Like that's it's a needle in the haystack, right? I tell some, I, somebody asked me like, yo, he's like, hey, why don't you guys reach out to some of the rich folks that you guys know, right? Um, not a crutch I want to lean on, but I, I looked this guy in his eyes and I said, yo, <laughs> my partner Michael's from Camden, New Jersey, right? Um, not, not exactly the most affluent place in the US, right? I grew up in the projects. I don't know no millionaires, man. <laughs> I don't know no billionaires, right? So like that's the disconnect. And it's not an intelligence thing, right? Um, I, I know one of the things you wanted to ask me was like, yo, like what does it take to be a venture capitalist? It don't take, it don't take much of anything. It's not an intelligence thing. It's not an ability thing. It's not, um, I, I, when, I, when we were doing the pre-meeting, I told Peter and Essie, um, like I don't want this to come off as like, I'm like, all-knowing being, right? Like, this is not rocket science, right? A lot of this is driven by network. Um, and so, like, how do, how do you start to change that, right? And so that's, that's what I think is probably the biggest problem. And honestly, it's not something that uh, a Black entrepreneur might be able to solve or uh, I, I think is a collective, right? I think we need to be creative about how we're thinking about, all right, Obviously, there's a huge wealth gap, right? So how do we think about funneling money from the folks in this country who were able to make their way through the mind trap <laughs> and right. achieve uh, right. size success right. and the folks that are trying to build new enterprises and drive the economic engine in this country and create wealth, right, for, for people that look like us, right? Because that's, that's a part right. of the, that's, those are two different sides of the coin, but I think right. the answer is that uh, solve one also solve the other. Um, and so long-winded, but I think that's the, the, the number one issue. Um, and then the second thing I think is silos, right? Uh, I think there's a lot of information out there and there's not enough connective, connective tissue where this information is being transferred from people like me to, uh, entrepreneurs out there to other investors that are out there. Um, I told my, a, a really good friend of mine earlier today, I told him about the story about Snapchat and how Snapchat, the actual investment actually happened, right? Uh, we have the opportunity to talk to the, to, to, to the person who um, is kind of responsible for the investment. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Barry. 
his young daughter went to uh, high school in, I think, Palo Alto, uh, which is in Silicon Valley in Northern California. And she came home one day and she's sitting on the app uh, and with her friends. And he's like, yo, what are y'all doing? And she tells him, hey, I'm using this app. Kids at my school are only using this app. And I can't remember the other two apps you mentioned, right? So him and his firm tracked down the students at Stanford that created this app. They had them come meet him. Um, I'm abbreviating the story, but it, it went from tracking them down to having them come meet them at their firm. And then once they met the, the team and decided they were investing, this is the same day. Once they decided they were gonna invest in that company, they took a walk with the founding team, with the, with the management team, right? At the time, walked down the street, this road called Sand Hill Road, took them to another firm um, where they're friendly and told them, hey, we're investing in this company. Y'all should invest in this company too, right? Wow. And that's literally how the deal got done, right? How much, how much, how much? You remember? I don't remember exactly how much they, they, they ended up investing, but like, this is all public like record too, right? Like you can look out, like, there's a school, I don't know if it's Palo Alto High School, but there's a Palo Alto, there's a school in Northern California that invested, I think $25,000 um, in Uber uh, and, and did extremely well. There's, a, there's another, I think the high school that Barry's on the board of invested as well. And they did extremely well. But, but the point is, right? One, that's how deals are being done. And two, that's not necessarily how things are being done for us, right? Because I think we're all trying to do a bunch of different things and fight our own battles the way we're trying to fight them. Uh, but I think the connective tissue is an important piece of that. And I don't have a solution for it, but I do know that like that's that's part of the challenge, right? Where there there, there is a there is an investor of color who uh, I do not know somewhere in this country who I should be collaborating with, but it's not happening, right? And for whatever reason, um, it's not happening. But I, I do think that that's also another issue that plagues uh, right. potentially or, or, or is a potential detriment for an entrepreneur of color who's trying to, trying to raise money. Because right. we see it in the data, right? People invest in one, things they understand and people they feel comfortable with. Uh, and unless the people look like us on the other side of the table, uh, it's, it's, it's even that much tougher to build that rapport. Uh, but I'll right. pause it. I feel like I'm rambling. So, uh, so, no, so no, it's, it's, a, it's good information, but also, and, and, and as you can actually attest to this too. So I was in college, right. And I had an idea, literally it's called band branding. You tag your clothes and it's about tagging expensive clothing or any type of clothing and then being able to purchase it right there and then. Right. Mm -hmm. Essie, let me know if I'm wrong. This was when I was in college. It was my junior year. Literally, I had the opportunity to meet with this one guy. Uh, his name is uh, Marshall Rakel. And he was able to get me a meeting with his son, which was a hedge fund manager at Tiger. And okay. we went to this fancy, like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm you know, African-American, never been to a hedge fund, never saw a hedge fund. Got us the, like, just like you said. And you Tiger. And Tiger's not like no run-of-the-mill hedge fund. Tiger is like probably in the top decile. It's in the top 10% of hedge funds. This is, this right. is, this is real, right. that's a real deal. Yeah. Yes, his, his father got me a seat with his, his, his son. Went up there, bombed the thing. Like <laughs> He asked us questions that we did not understand. But the idea was good. The, plat the, 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 the uh, platform was already built. So just like you were saying, like a lot of the issue is being to able to have that connection with or having that connection established with people. And on top of that, 
you know, doesn't look like me, doesn't understand. Good idea, but not being able to bring it in the way I needed to, right? right. So, and we, and at that time we hired consultants and everything. So I really, I really understand what you're saying. And currently, and then after that, I end up working for a hedge fund. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but, but my next question would be more so, what percentage of, um, of venture-backed businesses are Black-owned, mm-hmm. or male-owned, or, or female-owned, and or female-owned? That's a very good question. And I was trying to find some reliable data on that, and I could not come up with the answer. So my answer is I do not know. Um, but but it's I less do, than that 2%, right? Less than the 2% that you said. If, if I had to guess, it would probably be around that 2%. Because in that, that Richard Kirby study, I believe it's the same study. And they also show the number of uh, people of color who, are in, who, who can make decisions at investment firms, right? So they're decision makers at investment firms. And it's sub, I, I think he looked at women and men, and it's sub 7% at the time. So that number could have changed slightly because um, the study came out in, I believe, 2019. Um, but it's, it's, it's sub 10%, right? Uh, and I, I would say for black, black, specifically Black-owned companies, I would be very surprised if it was above that 2, 2% number. Interesting. Wow. That's for, for, for venture For venture-backed for venture companies. Uh, this number also changed too, but... Um, at the time, there was a woman out here that I met uh, in LA, and she had started a company. Uh, her name's Sky uh, Sky Kelly. She started a company called Avisair. It's a software platform that helps um, it helps small businesses uh, essentially bid on city and local municipality contracts, right? So it it helps like one identify contracts that they didn't know were out there, and then two, it helps them actually win these contracts, right? I bring her up because when I met her, this is like, this might have been like winter 2018. Uh, it could have been like January, February 2018. She was like the 17th person to raise a million dollars, 17th woman, a black woman to raise a million dollars of venture capital. Wow. She was like 17 or 16. Um, and so that number might be around 30. I don't know that number off the top of my head now, but uh, okay. it's, 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 it's not enough. Let's put it that way. So considering the type of companies that venture capitalists t- tend to fund, who benefits the most from venture capital funding in terms of economic advancement? I'd say the technologically literate. That's, I, I, that's the first place I'd start. Um, and I start there first because, uh, like I said, most businesses are excluded from venture capital. Uh, from, 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 for the most part, right? Uh, typically, you won't see a, uh, a fund like Sequoia investing in apparel if there is no tech component to it, right? And so maybe you're, bu- you're, you're, you're selling clothes, but it's an e-commerce business, right? And so ah, that makes sense. There's, there's a tech stack <laughs> that enables you to, one, like you said, put images online, tag image is online. Like there's, there's, there's just technology involved. Uh, and that's, that's kind of like a requisite, right? Um, so anybody who's techno- technologically literate, it has an advantage, right? And so for everybody on this call, I would say, I was telling somebody earlier today, every Fortune 500 company is going to be a tech company, right? It's just, it's just where we're going, right? Every, the majority of people are still working from home. 
and a lot of jobs that have come offline, um, or, or let me put it this way, there were a lot of jobs <laughs> that people said they, that you could not do from home, right? A lot of companies were saying, hey, you can't work remote because you can't do your job uh, from home, right? Now, everybody's kind of found out that this is uh, part of my French BS, right? So what you're seeing is a lot of larger organizations migrate and they're calling it a digital transformation. They're going from legacy software where you have to download an app and all of the information is stored locally. It's stored locally on your laptop or on your desktop. And then they're moving towards what's termed software as a service, right? Where you pay a subscription fee, but all of your information is housed in the cloud, right? So you can use Dropbox. You can use uh, Zoom from anywhere. You can use um, uh, Box from anywhere. You can use, there are PagerDuty from anywhere. Like you can use software platforms from, from anywhere. And what you're going to start to see is these organizations that realize that, hey, we're still in the dark ages, um, start to make the capital investments required to bring them online, right? And, and I think you'll start to see most organizations give us some sort of hybrid option, right? Where you can work at home and come into the office maybe a couple of days a week or something like that. But that's gonna require a lot of investment in software and in IT infrastructure. And the people who understand uh, technology and who know how to code and who can build these applications um, are the people who have the advantage. Uh, the so, second, sorry, let, just let me, because we're running short on time, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, people have been patient with us. Thank you guys for everyone who joined. Thank you for your uh, time on here. Hope you get a wealth of information. But also, I want to ask, how can, how can like venture capital impact the Black community economically? Yeah, it's a, it's a wealth creation engine, right? I, I'd say that's the number one impact. Is It's a wealth creation engine. And then I think the other thing that's super important is it's a, it's a job creation engine, right? So um, I know we're bumping up on time. Uh, if it's possible, I do want to leave it open for questions if people do have questions, but yeah, the, the, I'll keep it brief on this, right? So if you think about it, right? Like, obviously, if you start a company, the company does well, and somebody wants to buy your company for $500 million, well, let's say $200 million, and you own 10% uh, of the company, right? You made $20 million. Um, that's that's, that's going to change a lot of people's lives, right? Um the second piece you're damn right you're damn right <laughs> the second piece of that though right is this idea of job creation and the reason somebody asked i'll never forget this somebody asked me you know why don't y'all only invest in people of color right and I, I looked at him and i said that's kind of a strange question um i said i don't think i think anybody can build a great business right but here's the flip side what i do think is important i do think it's important for people that look like us to participate in this wealth creation, right? And a lot of that can still happen from, uh, not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and not everybody can think of an idea, right? But what I don't wanna see is somebody I invest in hire a thousand white people um, and their organization is a thousand and two people, right? Um, like that doesn't work for me. And what we found is that, not that we can influence, um, but that we can influence hiring decisions early on, and all of the data shows that more diverse, more inclusive companies do better on average than, than companies that aren't, right? So the business decision and the business case is there. 
And really what, what it comes down to is this, this thing that I mentioned earlier about networks, right? And, and one of the things that I hate hearing that you'll hear often is, oh, we don't know where to find people. Um, all right, cool. I'm not even going to ask you to look. We're going to bring these people to you, and I need you to take a really good look if you expect us to come into your company and invest. That, that's just our position up front off the top, right? And so not, not only do we want more people like us to start companies, um, for the folks that don't necessarily think that they're entrepreneurs, I would tell them, one, you're wrong. But two, that's fine. Let's figure out how to get you into these companies, too, so that we don't see uh, – the wealth gap continue to widen, right? Like that's, that's really, that's really the problem, right? And a lot of the high paying jobs are in tech uh, uh, or migrating tech. And so let's, uh, that's kind of been our mission and kind of our, our, our focus where we're, where we're at is like, all right, cool. What can we actually affect? We can affect the financing, but we can also affect um, the hiring as well. Okay. So I'm going to make this my last question actually. So, and then we can open the floor for anybody has questions is start, putting them in the comment section now um, because once I'm done and once he answered it, if it's any questions, we're moving, if there's no questions, I'm moving forward. If there is, I'm going to ask them and then we're going to be quick because I want to make sure that we respect people's time and the time that they came on here. Uh, what does success look like within the world from the perspective of your venture capital firm, Tell Venture Partners? Yeah, uh, so, so this is a really good question. So, um, thank you, thank you. It's 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 <laughs> it's not like numbers driven, right? Like there's no metrics. But for me personally, right? Like I give you that number. She was the 17th or 16th, or I might have even been 15th, 15th person, uh, 15th black woman to raise a million dollars or more, right? Success for me looks like me not knowing that stat. <laughs> Success for me looks like all right, um, specifically to our fund our plan is to invest in 20 companies, right? Um, more than 50% need to be women and they need to be people of color, whether Hispanic or black people, right? Uh, on top of that, right? The companies that we're investing in, what's the makeup of your workforce? It needs to at least look like what this country looks like, or it needs to at least look like uh, the people you're selling, right? You're selling to, right? So if you're, you're making, uh, if you're a femtech company, you make, uh, products for the menstrual cycle for women. And the majority, <laughs> there's a reason I use that as an example. And the majority of people that work for you are not women. We got a problem, right? Like, so, so things like that are, are the ways that we're thinking about it. And then wow. on the other side is like, all right, how many millionaires are we helping, um, helping, I don't want to use the word create, but how, how many people are we helping become millionaires? Right? Because at the end of the day, the, 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 it, it rests with the entrepreneur, but our job is to help them reach whatever their goal is. And so how are we helping you get to that point? Right. And so I'll, I'll just share real quickly, part of my approach, uh, and part of our approach at the fund is to take a, not a Trojan horse approach, but we've essentially identified a few funds that we can get uh, an introduction to and meet. And we've built these relationships and on the other side, we're, we're building and meeting founders. And uh, fortunately, for instance, Josh, he's the CEO of the company that I mentioned, black man. The plan is, all right, cool. Y'all can't find these, these founders? Well, we'll find them and we're going to bring them to you, right? And so the idea is to help them start to get funding from top tier funds because that's going to beget more capital, right? And so just trying to be smart about it 
and, and trying to be uh, strategic about how do we infiltrate this ecosystem that's been kind of closed to us for, for, for so, us. So, Edward, you're, you're opening doors for us. Thank you. Thank trying, you. Trying, man. Try, trying, to, trying, to, trying to kick in Thank doors you. and, 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 and uh, taste a little bit of the success, too, man. That's, that's kind of the goal, right? Do, do good by doing Thank right. Thank you. Thank you so much, brother, for opening those doors for us. I mean, shoot, I'm, I know who I'm going to contact, but I do have a few questions, actually. So mm -hmm. here we yeah, go. Too. All right. I got a few questions. I'm going to I'm going to ask them. Let's see here what we got here. Uh, <clears throat> we live in Silicon Valley area and mm -hmm. attend events sponsored by. Oh, shout out to Cali. Cali's in a building show. Um, so sponsored by uh, many of the tech firms out here. One recurring tenet is that storytelling is key. Also, there are, are that there are very few applications for VC funding with the six-figure range. So a gap between 100, 300K funding range. Is this an opportunity for Black founders to get VC funding? Yeah, so, so this kind of goes to, this is a really good question. So this kind of goes to, um, this kind of goes to the point, uh, that I was making around, um, stages, right? So at one end, you have like later stage funds, uh, that they call later stage funds or they call growth equity funds. And then at the earliest stages, you have friends and family rounds, um, angel rounds. And then the angel round has now become the angel slash pre-seed round. And then you have seed. Series A, Series B, Series C, Series D. You can kind of go on for forever, really. But once you start to get to like Series C, Series D, Series E, um, you should be looking at some sort of exit. So here's the challenge: there are people, there are people who are trying to operate in this space. And the problem from a venture capital perspective, right? I'll, I'll, I'll try to give a peek behind the curtain without getting too mundane and like details that might not make sense for everybody. There, there are there are pre-seed funds who would write a check in this range, right? So the problem there becomes if I raise a $25 million fund, um, for, for, for me to raise another fund, right, in theory, the fund needs to return at least three times the money that it that that was put in. So to be considered a success. You got to basically make $75 million off the $25 million that was invested, right? Um, if you're investing at the pre-seed stage, um, that becomes more difficult because the math for most people is that any investment they make needs to return the fund. So if I invest $300,000 into your company, your company needs to, at some point, uh, it, let's, let's say I, I invest $300,000 in your company for 10% of your company, right? At some point, your company needs to sell for at least 250 million. And I need to maintain, maintain that 10% ownership mark for me to get my money back and, and return the fund. The problem becomes most people start raising bigger funds after their first fund. And the bigger your fund becomes, the harder it becomes for you to make a $100,000 investment in the company because that company could, in theory, uh, be a billion dollar company, but if you only own uh, half a percent in the company, it, it's not as good of an outcome for the actual investor. So there, there is a bit of math that makes it tough. Um, 
but where there is an opportunity where I do agree. And I think there is an opportunity. Um, one, there are, there are pre-seed funds, um, out there. Um, but two more where the opportunity I think is more sustainable because this is typically how it's done now. Typically, uh, folks who are raising money for a company will go to angels who are super successful and have uh, either industry expertise or just the capital and don't mind writing a, a $50,000 check. Right. Um, what I, what I think, I think we need to mobilize uh, the folks with wealth in the country uh, because that that's really what needs to be our base for really, really early on. Yeah. And, um, the folks that are, have funds um, and people of color who have funds, come in and fill, fill in that, that next step. Um, and very do, I hope that do, answers the question. Sorry, it's sorry, not, um, but sorry due to time, due to time, uh, what is, this is another question that we had. Uh, and also shout out to uh, Renze, uh, is in the building. Um, you know, he's, he is the board chairman of the board. So I just want to give him a shout and a holla for, you know, <laughs> sitting here because this is the, another reason why we have had um, countless of hours of legal pro bono services from one Solomon and Worcester um, has donated their time to development. So definitely want to make sure I give Renze a round of applause for all the blessings and blessings that he has blessed upon us. So Renze! <laughs> what up? I'm oh, sorry. I had, to, I, had, I had to, you know, show some respect. Um, and, but what is the size of what is the size of your fund and what is the makeup of the investor base yeah this is this is a really good question um unfortunately i can only answer part of the question um legally i can only answer part of the question because we're, we're we're still we're actually in the process but what i will try to answer is the investor base and i'm, and I'm happy to actually take that offline um but when it comes to that investor base, what we're, what we're actually trying to do, um, so, so, what we, so what we've done so far, right, just to give everybody a, a peek into what, what we're doing, right? To raise a fund, usually people want people who have uh, either worked at like a Facebook or a Google, like one of the big tech companies um, in some sort of like executive role or VP and above that, that's leaving, or they want somebody who worked at another fund previously um, and has like attribution. Attribution means the company is letting them say or letting them tell people that which deals they were the lead on and taking the performance, right? So the, the, the one thing people care about is performance, right? Uh, and the reason they, they care about performance is because uh, truthfully, I think it's so that it assuages any fears, right? But any, any investor will tell you past performance is not predictable future performance. Um, our, so what we've run into, uh, and, and we run into, we've run into challenges too, right? So some of the challenges that a lot of black entrepreneurs have run into, we've run into it at a different, different, at a different space, right? Um, so here's how we're trying to mitigate it. We've, we've essentially said, we're going to try to do a couple different things. Split up the investor base to institutional. Uh, so like really large institutions that can write a two to $5 million check that um, we can talk to family offices within the middle, right? So these are people who have done really, really well, have 50, anywhere from let's call it 20 to really 20, 20 million and up, right? In, in net wealth. 
Um, and then at the other at the at the at the other end of the spectrum is individuals, right? And part of what we have been trying to do is through our SPVs, we've we've done these deals without a fund, right? All the deals we've done so far. But how we've done them is basically go out to people that we know within our network and say, hey, look, here's a company. We did all of the research, we did all the investment due diligence, we did all of um, all of the legwork essentially. Here, we love the company. Here's our recommendation. Would y'all invest with us, right? And what we're trying to do is, and I'm actually in the middle of this right now. What we're trying to do is get folks that are essentially don't have access to these later stage funds or to these more prominent funds, um, but we think we can get access to the same deals, right? And so what we're trying to do is bring people along with us give them the access, hopefully everybody does well, and they can take that money and one, re-up with us, but also start to do other things, right? And start to invest in other asset classes, right? Because the biggest problem is access, right? You have this accredited investor um, regulation, right? Which kind of makes it difficult for people of color and other people to in invest in, in this asset class, which means you have to make, if you're single, $200,000 a year, if you're married, $300,000 a year, or you need to have, um, you got you to gotta have uh, 2 million assets, right? So what we're trying to do is get people who may not be accredited investors quite yet or folks who may not have the type of wealth for the family offices or institutions, but helping uh, provide access to venture to people that look like us that are in our network um, and, uh, and are, are, are looking for this type of, type of uh, investment opportunity. Wow, Edward. Thank Very you. So, I apologize. <laughs> no, 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 no worries. Well, I just want to say before I go, my last question to you, and thank you for all those who have asked questions. And shout out to Sophia, our one of our board members. She is um, in Cali, where you are at, and uh, she has blessed us with her presence. <laughs> hey, girl, how you doing? I'll just let me stop. Let me stop. Um, but. Ed, let me ask you this. Yeah. Have you donated your time to development yet? I just want to make sure. Of, of course, yeah. I, 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 was making I, mean, a joke, I was making a joke about me being, uh, about Essie and Pete being stuck with me. Uh, I'm stuck with Essie and Pete too. <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely volunteer, but, but in all seriousness though, right? And I think you mentioned something earlier to this extent. Um, uh, I have, I, I volunteered in a couple different capacities, but uh, I know for two summers in a row, um, for the past two summers, I've been a mentor. And to your point, the work that Pete and Essie are doing is super important, right? For a number of different reasons um, that I can get into, but I took up all the time. Um, so it's, it's super important. Um, you mentioned dream, it's super important. All of it is really under the same umbrella, right? Of disseminating this information to people that look like us so that we can use this information and mobilize and actionize. Actionize is not a word, but we're gonna make it a word tonight. Damn it, part of my French, we're gonna actionize, right? And so taking this information and then putting it to work um, and, showing, and showing people, right? Uh, and I told, I think I told Pete this, this idea of entrepreneurship, like that, I didn't think that was an option, right? And there's entrepreneurs all around us. It, it, it looks different sometimes, but this idea of like, yo, your, your only option isn't to go build something for somebody else. If you have an idea and if you have the commitment and you have the drive um, and a little bit of resiliency, uh, it might take you a long way. So 
more than happy to always, always uh, kind of lend my time, my energy. Because uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I see myself in in in, uh, in these folks, and I see myself in older folks, and tr- trying to create the world that I want to see, right? Especially well, thank you that are going on. Um, thank, thank you, thank you so much. But you, just without to make sure I add this, SEMP are creating entrepreneurs of tomorrow. Yeah. You know that re-empowering people of African descent, one student at a time. So therefore, that VC, when we call you up, brother, I'm just saying, be ready, okay? Hey, I'm, I'm here, man. I'm here. Right, I'm cool. welcome, man. I would rather, hey, this, this like, is oh, crazy, man. SCP, oh, this SCP, oh, let me hit them back later. Pick up that phone. They got kids that <laughs> hey. got ideas. I'm just saying, just Listen, saying. Listen, man, if, if, I, I'm 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 a I'm a capitalist because we live in a capitalist society, right? So I, if I can make some money, I want to make some money. But I would much rather make money with my family, with with with, with my friends, than a stranger, right? And cool. so if they come calling, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Send them my way. Can I can I interject for one moment? Um, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to really thank you Ed for for coming through and sharing this information. I'm I'm chairman of the board. My pleasure. Uh, development, and it's an honor to, to have that position. It's an honor just to be friends with Peter and Nessie Period. I'm sure you can relate to that. Uh, thank you for your time, for real. Dare, thanks for your, I don't know where you get the energy from, energy. <laughs> it don't matter if we quarantine or not, you sweating somehow and you wowing. Like, I just, I don't even know how to describe you. Like, thank you for just being who you are, bro, because you keep the, you, you keep us smiling over here. Uh, Ed, we should definitely talk offline. I'm a corporate attorney that specializes in fund formation. So my, all my all my all my main practice is assisting fund managers establishing funds and and representing institutional investors investing in funds. And we work with family offices that have like seven billion dollars in assets that they invest every year. So you and I should just build generally because we're obviously in the in a very similar space, man. So let's definitely make sure we do that after this. But I just wanted to say like thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Keep doing what you do. You know, I think having folks who are in a position to find entrepreneurs that they can invest in is is a is a strong position to be in. Like you're saying, you may not have the right to totally control who they hire, but because you're providing that funds, people listen. And I've noticed that significantly, you know. So I'm here as a resource to you. However, I can be a resource to you. I want you to know that. Like SC and Peter are my family, Darius family, like the whole diff board's family, like Sophie's family, and, and anybody who they're affiliated with, I'm a, I consider myself affiliated with. And so however I can kind of assist through the process, um, I've structured a number of different of these types of investments. So like we can just build about the type of stuff just offline as just friend to friend, you know? I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. And, and you can tell me if I broke the law, man, because I'm, 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 I can't tell, I can't tell everybody why I didn't want to answer the question, but there's, there's a reason I cannot answer the question. He, he, he was G-checking you. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> only thing I only thing I would say is that an accredited investor is to, you're right at the two hundred thousand and three hundred thousand, but the, the the net worth has to be one million. Doesn't have to be two. Million. Million. Okay, got it. Got one it, million, it. excluding someone's primary residence. Mm, got it. The got fact it. that you were even breaking that down, I was like, oh, this brother dealing with it. You know what I'm saying? This brother yeah, dealing we, with it. We are in the throes of it, man. We in the throes of it, but we'll definitely wrap. And, and, and yeah, I'll yeah. throw it out to everybody too. Um, more, I'm here as a resource, so if people have questions, if people have questions that they, that we couldn't get to because I'm long-winded uh, my email I'll throw it in the chat box uh, and like I said here's a resource so please reach out uh, and if I could be helpful more than happy to I think I actually sent it to the wrong one sorry I'm gonna send that to y'all but it was a pleasure man thank y'all for all having me well thank you and thank you Arenze. Did was that 
was that a power connection move just now? <laughs> I like it, man. That, I like it. That, that, that is what, I can't hear the word too, man. That is what we need to see more of happening in this world. That just right there just happened, right? It's like, nope, this was not practice. I mean, like, I, I didn't expect this. Well, shoot. But anyways, let me stop. Um, but anyways, um, thank you guys. I want to thank everybody for showing up. This podcast series is meant to uplift not only you, the listener, but the amazing organization that makes it possible. Donate by texting Diff Wind Down to 44321 and help develop it further its mission of re-empowering people of African descent, one student at a time. Sign up for event and podcast reminders by visiting development.org backslash newsletter. Thank you and stay tuned.